Welcome to the XY Advisor podcast. To join a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. This episode is proudly sponsored by Integrity Life. If the last few years have taught us anything, it's that life is unpredictable, which is why you need to work with a partner that's flexible and loves to collaborate, one that will personalize the claims experience for your clients, one with a balanced approach to underwriting, and one with a competitive and sustainable pricing. Integrity, your partner for life. If you want to learn more about how Integrity is your partner for life, head to integritylife.com.au forward slash xy. G'day, how's it going? What do you know, Striker Light? Clayton here from XY with some amazing information, actually, quite frankly. Uh, None as important, however, as the fact that we have Fraser Jack, pod god, hashtag himself on the podcast. Mate, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. G'day, what do you know? What is it? Striker Light? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And <laughs> it's uh yeah, kind of it came I, out. I remember the... when you used to sing that actually. Now you just yes. now you just say it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um basically it was Ben Nash didn't like that I did it, and I was like, okay, well now I just have to do it forever. But uh mate, thank you for coming on because we've got so many things to discuss. And interestingly, and I think probably a great place to start is the fact that a certain set of skills, let's call them that, recently came onto the open market, uh, otherwise known as Fraser Jack, for the first time in many years, was no longer hosting a podcast of his own. Oh, boom, big scoop. (laughs) Mic drop moment. You just announced it. Nice. I like it. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, I immediately we got in contact and it goes without saying that I personally think that you are very good at doing podcasting. And if one company lost your skill set, then another one had to reach out and beg for it. So that's basically what I was doing over the Christmas holidays was begging to work with you. And, but it is, it is a bit of a thing. It's, um, you know, the fact that you, have uh, done your last podcast with the goals-based advice, which was a very successful podcast. It always was better than this podcast and it always got the uh, the guests first. So you always got the scoops and everything like that. And so uh, that's come to a, a recent end. Tell us, um, you know, is, is there anything that you want to say on that? Well, yeah, I mean, I certainly, uh, we started that podcast back in 2017 towards the end of the year. And, and so it's been two and a bit years um, of <laughs> such a privilege to be able to chat and interview some amazing humans. Um, first of all, yes, they've done some amazing things and yes, they could all sort of help, you know, or be slightly helped to pull to the, you know, to the audience or financial advisors, the audience. Um, so yeah, it was absolute um, privilege to be able to, to interview those people and bring that content to the people, if you like. Um, and it, it's been great. And uh, yeah, in December, uh, was I've, you know people sort of know I've, I left advice intelligence um, sort of in October continued to run the podcast but that has finished in December and we uh, you know 2021 is a new year and um, 
certainly going to be out and about a bit more often, but uh, not under the brand, if you like, of the Goals Based Advice podcast. Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, the, the huge deal, at least for me, is, is that, um, you know, as I uh, step away from the podcast, I guess that's the, the next scoop, is, uh, I, you know, I won't be uh, doing the interviewing anymore. It'll be in much better hands under your um, guidance. And the reason why I guess uh, I'm not doing it anymore is not because I don't love it. Cause it, it's a super enjoyable, it's the, sort of the highlights of my week really is, uh, is having conversations with people doing um, amazing and awesome things. Um, but we did do a, uh, a capital raise last year and we raised a bunch of cash and we've been busy beavering away in the background uh, getting ready to launch, I guess, the next uh, iteration of a couple of parts of the business. And some of that is XY Plus. And we've put a lot of development into sort of figuring out uh, what a paid-for version of XY looks like, smells like, tastes like, like what is it? We've sort of been doing a bunch of stuff, but you know, developing that membership site and those clear uh, and direct offerings. We're getting really precise around that. And the reason why we figured we should really spend a bit of time doing that is look, LinkedIn's free and then LinkedIn has a premium. And it's just, it's just a matter of fact is that you're going to get a, a portion of people who want to pay for the, the, up, the up version of whatever it is that you're providing. And so uh, XY, uh, while its goal is not to produce the majority of its revenue from XY plus. We do want to make sure that we're doing a really good job. Hey, can, um, I, can I mention something on this? Because yeah. um, uh, I think uh, XY plus is one of those things like, yes, you know, and I think I've been on the free version of LinkedIn and the paid version and, and, and you do that thing in your mind where, where we all do, we go, am I getting value for this extra money I'm spending? And, and then, you know, you know, we all do this thing from time to time. Sometimes we forget about it, but other times we like think about why, why am I paying this? Yes. And I think one of the things that XY Plus has done is absolutely forced you guys to turn and go, well, okay, we need to provide some extra value. What's it going to be? Because you can't just give the free version and, and charge yeah. some people and not others. Totally. Good, but that wouldn't last long. <laughs> um, but it's, it's actually forced uh, you guys into then going outside, thinking outside the box and pushing yourselves yeah. further to go what is the extra value that we can we can offer and i know it started out with um you know like discounts and some other things and you know yeah. but really i think the the real value is or oh, there's two real parts of the real value the to me it's really around the the community that is in that paid membership as well yeah are so giving so giving and the ones that are really engaged and it's, it's like a it's like a neck level engagement if you like yeah and the next thing is just the value of the content that's coming out of it um you know the, the workshops that are taking place and all those sort of things yeah correct and that's kind of the two bits i guess where um where we've been able to to get an, a, an immediate uptick uh we've actually just spent a hell of a lot of time effort and focus and money on getting our jobs board up and running so that's something that is super like we we get a lot of uh activity around the jobs however we we didn't have the uh capability of just you know we essentially we didn't have seek.com right so so we've had to go and and develop you know a very specialized a very 
uh, simplified version of seek.com to be able to facilitate all the jobs that are on offer and all the people that are looking for jobs. So, so for example, we've developed, which is as far as I can tell, um, the first of its kind, but a way to uh, say that you're open for receiving job offers without declaring who you are. So you can give some basic information, uh, but you can kind of um, say that you're available for jobs without disclosing who you are. And and that's kind of a, a bit of a, you know, because we sort of got approached by that a little bit. People would be, hey, I don't want to share who I am, but I am available. And so we would do the posting for them. So there's a, there's a couple of little things like that going on. Um, and we've done a lot of work around improving the the digital, um, I guess, the digital events and the chat boxes and everything. Like it was really disconnected and sort of, you know, going through YouTube and it was, it just wasn't smooth. So, so we've actually sort of onboarded this um, big thing in terms of having been able to host uh, interactive digital events. And that's, they're kind of the things that we're launching with, but where I'm, and, and that's really Emily's, Emily's world and, and the tech team, where I'm spending my time is on something called XY Pulse. And XY Pulse is, uh, is where our, our majority of our revenue uh, we expect to, to receive um, and it was a very difficult product to build in that we're a purpose-driven company. So we're, we exist to drive the positive evolution of financial advice and our revenue model had to match that. And so essentially, if we were just selling advertising, right, like say a Facebook or, or a LinkedIn um, targeted advertising to us, that wouldn't be sufficient in order for our revenue model to match our purpose as a company. Hey, this this reminds me of the social dilemma, right? The, the yeah. Netflix series and and this exact thing, right? Because if you're just selling advertising or you're getting this product for free, then you know what was the, what was the saying? You are the product. If you're not paying for the product, you are the product. Yes. And um and so yeah, this is really interesting. So you're saying that you're very different from those existing platforms and how they work. Hugely different. Um, in fact, it's a, a complete flipping of the business model and again as far as we can tell no one else is doing this but we find it to be uh super valuable for all stakeholders in the industry and it lives up to our expectation to have a revenue model that drives a positive evolution financial advice and so i guess if you think about it in terms of uh what it delivers is market research is one of the fastest growing jobs in the world uh, in, in an environment where jobs are under pressure and, and getting automated, market research is the opposite. It's actually growing. And the reason why market research is growing is because companies want to better solve their clients' problems. Rather than just creating products out of nowhere or services out of nowhere, they want to be accurate and better solve the problems of their clients. And so what we've, uh, what we've said is, hey, um, large financial institutions, what happens if you could better solve the problems of financial planners by getting access to our SaaS product. And so our SaaS product, what it does as SaaS is software as a solution, uh, software as a service, I should say. So um, what it does is it de-identifies all the individuals on xy.com, xyadvisor.com, it de-identifies and collates them into personas. And so if I go on there and write, you know, as Clayton Daniel, uh, let's say, for example, company XYZ, if they did this, then I'd be more likely to use them. 
as a real simple rudimentary example, and then say like a hundred people liked it and commented on it, right? What our market research product would do would, it wouldn't say Clayton says this, our market research product would say advisors who are, who look like this, you know, like a thousand other advisors consider what has been said here to be really valuable and really accurate to how they, uh, what they personally believe. And so, um, so it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting business model in that even though we deal in community and we deal in conversation, uh, we're actually removing identifiable features, you know, mainly because I'm sort of a a privacy first kind of guy as well. Like I'm, I'm off, I'm off WhatsApp. I'm on signal, you know, like I, I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of uh, people selling uh, individual data points. And so our whole business model is centered around creating a product that's valuable to the industry so that they can solve financial planning problems without us handing on any personal details. And as far as I'm aware, that doesn't exist anywhere else. So we're really excited. Can I dig d- d- deeper here? Yeah. Is So will the companies come to you and say, look, we want to know if our um, blah, blah, blah is um, resonating. And you then say, okay, great. Well, what, what is the, what, what are the question we're trying to get create and then put that out to the community to answer or is no, it no. based so, on your. So that's kind of um, market research 1.0, which is uh, re- receive question, go get an answer to that question. The way that this product is is built is that there is no like you're relying on your client to provide the question and the answer. So companies uh, aren't coming to us to to solve a particular problem, uh, or I should say, to solve a particular question that already exists. There's many survey companies out there. What we can say is rather than trying to figure out if what you're doing is working or not just listen to what your audience wants in the first place and build your product to solve those problems rather than just attempting to solve a problem. Then after it's built, asking if you did solve the problem. So it's, it's, it's more of a, it's more of a a guiding light to the sales, to marketing, to product development, to data, to the C-suite. It's a guiding light on, on where the company should be focused rather than, Hey, now that we've got this product, does anyone actually like it? Yeah, yeah. So, are you asking your the users of the the platform to change their behavior in any way? No. Or are you asking them to continue to their existing behavior, and it might just absolutely a, a, a lot of comments and um, a lot of posts may not be relevant at all. Absolutely, and 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 that's kind of the point. Like, if advisors think something is relevant, even if no one's paying attention to it then we're going to say the, the XY pulse will be saying to the, to the financial services market, Hey, you should be paying attention to this because it's exactly what financial planners want solved. And so our whole thing is to not direct the, the conversation, but as conversation occurs and unfolds, it's our job to rather than let that conversation, I guess, help other advisors, but then to fall on deaf ears our job is to take it, you know, clean it up, remove the identifying features, and then stick it in front of the financial services industry and say, hey, this is how you drive the positive evolution of financial advice. This is how you better solve financial planner problems. This is how 
advisors can look better in front of their clients, right? Ultimately, that's what a product is for, is to, is for, to make an advisor look better. And if the product isn't doing that, then, well, you should be listening to your market so that you can help financial planners better. Yeah, fantastic. So it's about basically taking these conversations that take place uh, and then rattling cages to make to affect actual change. Correct. Uh, 100% while protecting personal identifying features. Wonderful. Now, now, t- now tell me also um, part of the raise um, that took place last year was around developing a new tech platform for the end user. How's that all going? Well, so um, the raise was specifically for Pulse uh, for the financial planning, for the financial services market, the corporates, and for XY Plus. Um, so that's where that's where all of our development has been. Once we secure our, our revenue model, and also uh, someone, a, a fantastic person, is coming on to take that whole side of the company um, and to grow it. Once that's been, I guess, set in stone, and we've proven that the, the corporate market wants this uh, market research product, we will do actually another raise. So we actually need to raise again before we move away from uh, what we currently use is Mighty Networks. Um, we have a white label version who, who are able to deliver, I'd say, a, an okay user experience at a relatively low cost for us. I think we pay around $50,000 a year um, to provide that for free for members. Um, but we want to improve that a lot. Like we've, that is really just a version one. Um, but once we've solidified our revenue model, um, we'll go back to market and raise a bunch more money and we'll, we'll rebuild everything. So we'll move away from mighty networks and we'll, the way that I kind of think about it is the first Tesla was actually built using a Lotus as the chassis. So it was a it was another company's chassis, and they just had to prove that the market wanted a good looking electric car. Uh, and once they did that, they were actually able to raise more money and then go on and to develop their own from there. So we're sort of in that Lotus chassis stage. <laughs> very, very good, uh, very good. So you want to be Tesla? No, that's that's all. <laughs> that's, that's all. <laughs> that's all. Okay. That's not too much to ask for, is it? No. Now, I wanted to explore the idea that um, XY is a media company and Mm. this year in 2021, you know, I've spoken about the concept of, you know, spreading your wings, creating some new uh, content um, that hasn't been seen before, some new content and expanding on some of the existing content that's being produced at the moment. Let's, uh, Let's dig into that. Yeah. Well, we do see, I mean, ultimately, XY is a media company. On, on one hand, we have the, the social media or the, or the professional network, however you want to kind of view it, but a, a place to ask and answer questions. It's Web 2.0 and there's, you know, that, that is a community generating content arm of the company. We do a little bit at the moment. So our only content that we've been doing to date has been, this podcast, um, which we can talk about what we've got planned already for this year. But, you know, that started as once a week, um, about five or six years ago, uh, with many different rotating, I would say hosts. Um, A couple of years ago, I I sort of took over it um, and have been since sort of taken it to twice a week, um, which we've seen, you know, some amazing growth, both here in Australia and around the world. Um, But we already have our Southeast Asian um, podcast set to launch. So we've already got some in the can there. And, 
and and uh, we've got a fantastic um, team member of ours, uh, Gwen, who's hosting the XY Southeast Asia. Um, but our plan is to uh, yeah expand across the world. So hosting you know local podcasts within each uh, country, and the reason why is because we we think that there's amazing work that that already goes on in terms of podcasting in each of these countries, but we want to make sure that uh, we have like our say and our flavor in each country as well, which will then ultimately all push back to the uh, to the private the, the the professional network, which will ultimately create more conversation, which will ultimately improve more financial planners. And so there's a bit of a, a bit of a uh, an international strategy and kind of like. Um, one of the interesting things I saw about Uber many years ago is they would launch in a city by design. So they'd say, okay, we're going to launch in this particular city. And then, but they would need someone to go and put a flag in that area and say, it's now launched. And so the podcast is a little bit like that. It's our, our saying, okay, cool. Where before we create this, the full ask and answer platform, that's going to be able to facilitate better conversations across global financial planners. We, just need to say that we're turning up into each of these locations well before we actually re- release the, the the tech. Yeah, and you almost put that flag in the ground already with the groups around each country, haven't you? Yes, yes. But again, one of the limitations to uh, Mighty Networks is that it just does not facilitate international conversation very well. And we've got to improve that uh, user experience dramatically. Um and while I can't go into exactly how that's going to operate, we think we do have that problem solved. We just need to get to the development of it. Yeah, fair enough. So it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting development to start um, producing podcasts globally. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, it's, it's, you know, we, you already have international guests on this podcast. Yes. Um, how will that, will that change anything or will it? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, as, as, uh, we've sort of straddled the, um, I've always viewed it in terms of, um, I think it was Joe Rogan who said only 15% of his audience will ever care about each individual podcast. And, and, and I, I dig that for multiple reasons, the least, you know, the, the most of which it takes the pressure off me as a host to make sure that everything's enjoyable to everyone. Um, but I think I think an internationally focused podcast is difficult um, to achieve well unless you're constantly focused on the non-geographic restrictions. So by that I mean if you if you constantly refer to the international aspect of financial planning, which of course exists, then you can absolutely nail it. But then there are there are still things that are happening in terms of rules and regulations that are really important to a particular um, jurisdiction that I think needs to have a voice as well. And so we've sort of been 75% Australian, 25% international. Just, it, I don't think it's really worked that well. And so I think it'll probably just be more uh, Australian focused um, as the international podcasts grow out. Yeah, of course, there would be uh, exceptions to that, no doubt. Um, but, uh, yeah, it would be good to be able to dive into each, uh, geographic location with, with, um, purpose. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think I've always used to say that human beings as human beings, we're all very similar from country to country. And, um, when it comes to needs and emotions and those sorts of things in, in financial coaching and the coaching part of financial planning, 
very much around the idea of how do we, you know, how do we help human beings um, focus or concentrate? And then the other, and the other part of it is absolutely once we get into technical, it, it becomes very localized and, you know, our laws and regulations are obviously very different to other countries and we have to make sure that we, uh, we do that. And, and if someone's listening from overseas that they're going to get nothing out of any of that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think you're right. Having a localized um, arm is really good. What, what about the schedule for this year, 2021? Have you, um, you know, let's go into the schedule for, you know, what's coming. Um, you know, yeah. we've obviously, you've done a lot of advisor interviews and the men, and, and I think a lot of these advisor interviews and, and uh, mentor slash, you know, advisor, advisors that have been there and done that and, and you know, worked it out um, have been really popular in the past. Yeah. Let's talk about the, 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 the schedule of what you've got coming this year. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, first and foremost, I've got my plans for the year, but undoubtedly, Fraser, uh, the more that you sort of um, ingrain yourself into what's going on here at XY, um, I have no doubt that you'll, again, uh, overperform compared to my, uh, my ideas. But um, I, I, see, I see financial planning, podcasting, uh, financial planner interview podcasting continuing. We'll probably put a little bit more of an emphasis this year on the particular series. Um, last year we did two individual series actually was split. uh, There was an ethical podcast series that was broken up into two sets of five. And then there was a 10 part mental health series and the ability to deep dive into a particular subject has been really helpful and fulfilling and sort of breaks up, I guess, the regular nature of a financial planning interview. And I'm sure you've experienced this in terms of, you speak to someone doing amazing uh, things and, and they're either delivering of advice in an amazing way or acquiring clients in an amazing way, or they, they, they're doing something that's super interesting and diving into that and digging that out and getting those, you know, uh, those gold nuggets for other financial planners to copy in to make their own. That's super valuable. But, but when given a chance to sort of take, you know, say 10 podcasts into a particular series, um, again, even if it's not uh, more popular than the overall podcast, um, in some cases it is, and in some cases it isn't, I think it still serves as a really important piece of information that'll be around for a long time that deep dives into a particular topic. And and yeah, as a listener, I would say, wow, that that subject interests me. I'm just going to spend the time and make sure that I hit that 10 and having gone through that process a couple of times now what's really interesting is as the interviewer you go on a bit of a journey as well and you you know you're starting out with say an average amount of knowledge and then you you talk to 10 experts in a particular and 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 your and the questions start out quite simple but then the questions as you go on become much more nuanced and you're reflecting on everything you've learned during the and so as as it's an amazing way, I guess, from the interviewer point of view in the, in the rapid up, upskilling in information, but also from, from the listener's point of view, I could imagine going along that journey because they're probably asking those same questions early on in the series. And then as the series gets more and more, more and more, you know, down the line, this, the questions become more complicated and it's kind of, it's, it's, it's just learning as someone else is learning. I, I think that's uh, I think it's a valuable I think it's a valuable thing to do. So we'll be doing probably twice the amount of last year. So we'll probably end up doing about four this year. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. I also think they're a little bit bingeable, you know, like yeah. if, if bingeable is a word, but uh, you know, we, I'm, I'm a binger when it comes to uh, content uh, and I don't mind, you know, four or five hours of, um, of going deep on something. So, yeah. you know, uh, the, the, the advisor uh, and mentor interviews are great because you can you know, implement a couple of little things that you pick up along the way and then mm. um, carry on, you know, carry on, carry on. And then all of a sudden you get to the, uh, the series and you go, right, well, I, I'm going to binge on this and then just go deep into it. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Fantastic. And uh, all right. So that's good. And uh, tell us what else has been going on at uh, XY Central. Yeah. So again, the raise really changed a lot of things. I mean, if you go back to 2019, we did a, a small raise uh, at that stage and that kind of gave us permission to, to launch the, with the Mighty Networks um, and say, okay, cool. We, we're, we're going to put our hand in the air and say, do financial planners want a, whatever you want to call it, a, a professional platform or a social media platform, or whatever, like a place, a dedicated place, like are people willing to go and download a new app on the app store to facilitate this conversation? Or should have we just stayed on Facebook? Like that was really the big question in, yep. in, in 2000, and, which was the big question last year. And we didn't know. And it was the big question. So we raised a little bit of money. That little bit of money facilitated that test. That test was a success and allowed us to raise more money, which is ultimately facilitating the next test, uh, which is the, the revenue model, XY Pulse. Um, and, if, and if this year we're able to sell XY Pulse, then ultimately, yeah, then we raise again and, and we can say, hey, look, both sides of this marketplace, um, uh, there's demand for, let's, let's do it properly. So, um, so in terms of what's going on in XY, uh, we, we're now fully focused on the future development of this company as a sustainable company, which, which is revenue generating, but it's also purpose driven. Um, and it's, it's, I got to say sitting here, it's, you know, something that started as a hobby seven or eight years ago, and then has over time, um, become, I tell you, what's really interesting. Like a couple of years ago, I was more than happy to see it finish because I felt like we'd sort of achieved what we set out to achieve. But then there is, there was a certain amount of responsibility. Like if we really could continue it and it was a purpose-driven company, do we then have a responsibility to sort of do our best to try and turn it into a sustainable ongoing concern? And, and so that's that, that question has now given us a chance to actually make that happen. And it's exciting because I think financial planning is too important not to be done well. And so if I can help contribute to facilitating an environment for the best advisors to share and learn from one another, and then to take those learnings and to make sure that the rest of the market pays attention and, and fixes up their products and services so that they better articulate or better serve advisors, then mate, like I'm dedicated to the cause send me around the world. Actually, I don't want to leave my lounge room, but yeah, send the company around the world um, and do it all over the world because then financial planning serves a better, uh, you know, I, I would say a serves a, uh, a bigger role in society. And as all financial planners would agree, the bigger role of financial planners play in society, I just believe that society will be better. And so for me, yeah, it's, it's super important. So Yes, there's a lot of tactical stuff that happens in between. There's a lot of talk of, you know, raises and, and, and I guess like company sort of stuff. 
but it's all focused on how do we just get financial planning to have a bigger impact on the world. Yeah, no, I, I like the idea of talking a lot more around the, you know, t- from, from consumer speak and changing some of the language that we use as planners and advisors um, to make sure it's consumer friendly. And, you know, just using the words like um, financial advice, not advice. You know, like we just, we, like we toss around that term all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, we provide advice. It's like, yeah, well, so does a, you know, so does a whole lot of other trades and professions, right? But if we start referring to the word as financial advice and the benefit of financial advice to consumers, then, and, and, and what consumers actually get out of it. So that's a lot of stuff that I want to sort of bring forth in this over the next 12 months is, is the way that we use our language Mm-hmm. all the time that actually hurts us rather than helps us promote what we do those sorts of things yeah. but i just wanted to throw um, throw a, a question at you um that you're not expecting <laughs> a couple of years ago or a year and a half ago we were really big on this idea of tax deductibility and financial advice and, and yes x y i know you put your hand up and you said hey we're gonna we're gonna throw some you know um weight behind this as well and try and like we're not we're not a political organization but Let's uh, let's see what we can do here. Yeah, where is that landed, and how how's the journey on that? Because obviously it is a journey. Because I think it will happen one day. Yeah, mate. It, no, so things are going really well on that end. Um, and going back, that's actually where we launched XY Plus. It was, hey, do, do you guys want to support us with a small amount of money, and we'll go out and we'll see what we can do in this space. And we we did actually bring a couple of hundred advisors along for. Uh, for journey and they funded uh, our ability to get to the bottom of what needed to be done and what the next steps were. And so I think I've, I've, I've covered it in small detail before in the past, but essentially, you know, in, in, in the meetings and the attention that we put into this, we discovered that the way that the industry had been trying to solve this problem was essentially picketing parliament. <laughs> like we want tax deductibility, give it to us now. And it just did nothing. And what was super interesting is that we found out that uh, the big four, one in particular, uh, I won't say which one, but one of the big four had successfully argued for other industries to essentially revoke what's called tax determination 95, which is, it was, it was as, as you'd imagine, a tax determination. But what that, what that did was it, it decided what was a capital expense and what was an income expense. And so through, through this tax determination 95, it, it, it affected different industries in different ways. But how it affected financial planning is that the upfront SOA um, was not what was considered a capital expense. And so the ridiculousness of that. And if you consider how ridiculous it is, like a capital expense is a house. And the reason why a house is a capital expense is because well, I could probably sell it for a profit in the future. Like if I, if I, if you're, if you're my financial planning client, you can't take a $5,000 SOA and then sell it to someone else in a decade for 10,000. Like there's, there's no capital value attached to that SOA plan at all. And so the fact that an SOA was included as a, as a capital expense was once we'd looked at it, the weakest part of the argument, right? And the fact that we had found uh, one of the big four had successfully uh, taken the ATO to court 
and one uh, in terms of uh, revoking this tax determination 95 against that particular industry. Well, like, okay, well, this, this is it. Like, this is, this is our, this is how, this is what financial planning needs to do. This is what our industry needs to do. Stop picketing and asking a politician. That's never going to work. We should be approaching this like the other industries have, which is, you know, taking the ATO to court and challenging how that tax determination 95 affects what's written in, in the legislation as an investment plan or otherwise known as an SOA. And so, um, that challenge is now underway. And so uh, I can proudly say that the FPA have put in the money uh, to, to take this to court. So now we, we're at the stage where um, I think, you know, us putting up our hands and saying we're going to take this on was the impetus to, to, to discover exactly what the right strategy was for now, you know, the, the big dog, the FPA, to go and make it happen. And so, like, we are extremely proud of the role that we played in that. I don't think it would have arrived if we hadn't have said that. But, yeah, we're just not a big enough institution to actually make, you know, make it happen. But FPA, who, who, who is, it has now taken that on and, and they're running with it. The next once that once that completes, and we'll be we'll be celebrating, hopefully celebrating when when we get a a positive result from that. But uh, the next thing that we're probably going to take on, I always said we weren't going to do another one, but there is one more that I think that needs to get looked at, and that is separating uh, financial advice and product in the Corps Act. And I think that's a huge undertaking. But I think again, if we can look at it a little bit differently, we might be able to solve it. Yeah, I've got some theories on that too. I actually think there's a difference between planning and, and advice, financial, mm. financial advice. I think planning to me is around the strategy, uh, the what ifs, the scenarios, and financial product advice is financial advice. So, so that could be that could become um, a conversation. But I just wanted to d- dive into this capital versus revenue again because this is really um, this is really the crux of it. So revenue is considered to be within this 12 months or within this tax period or within this period of time, generally 12 months. And capital is growth outside of that. So if you you know invest in a blah, 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 long-term investment, um, then you're talking about capital growth of that investment, not necessarily revenue in this financial year. So that's where it gets, that's where it gets really muddy and messy in that in that um, scenario, but you're absolutely right. Generally speaking, like the expenses walked out. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, and, and that's where accounting, I think has got, um, got theirs through because theirs is, theirs is all based on revenue, right? It's a tax deductibility expense. It's a revenue item for this year. Yes. You're exactly right. It, 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 it's not, um, it's not clear cut, but you know, that's, that's the point. That's why the experts, uh, at the big four, you know, one of the big four uh, are handling the argument. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. I also think, you know, well, obviously financial planners are sitting there going, well, yes, well, of course, but if the, uh, if, if they're self-funded as a retiree, surely that's a benefit to the, uh, to the government. Totally. To- totally. Which, which is, yeah, we kind of started down that path, like putting together the argument for why. And then it was like, mm, this argument's been had, you know, like the FPA has been working on this argument for 10 years. It seems like a bit of a, not a dead end, but we're sort of just 
you know, rehashing a, a previous argument. And so I think this, it, and it is, it's a novel way, certainly for this industry to approach uh, tax deductibility. So hopefully it works. Yep. Let's go to the legal argument. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, thanks for catching up today, man. I just wanted to, uh, to say, you know, like it's a massive amount of plans for 2021. Mm. Um, yeah. You seem to be booked out about um, 70 hours a week. <laughs> As the uh, as the, you know, the 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 person flying the flag and 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 leading the charge, do you want to give us a quick overview before we we, we cut this um, episode of the team and who's doing what and 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 how you've grown the team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so essentially, uh, Emily Emily's job is to uh, her job is summarized as how to make X Y like f- how to make the free X Y as valuable as possible. And then how to make uh, XY plus as valuable as possible. So that in a nutshell, that is her, her job. So she does, you know, she, she's in contact with a lot of advisors and she's constantly sort of brainstorming and asking advisors what it is that they want. And ultimately that's what we're trying to solve is, is uh, how to create an environment for advisors to share and learn from one another. So, so Emily runs that side of the business, like the, the financial planning, the, the, the ask and answer platform. Um, she has um, a, t- a team under her uh, that we've got outsourced in the Philippines through a company called VBP. Adrian Patty is our CTO. So he leads uh, all of the development requirements. Um, and so anything that we, especially now starting to ramp up, we'll begin pushing out in terms of anything that's tech, that's Adrian. So Adrian uh, has his own team as well. Uh, again, um, largely outsourced to the Philippines. Although we we're working <clears throat> we're working with Americans on both, uh, like I should say, people in the states um, for both Pulse and XY. So development teams in the states handle the majority of our development, and then um, Adrian. And, and his team for the Philippines sort of work in the gaps, I guess you could say. Uh, we have a, a person coming on shortly, a very substantial individual, and this person will be uh, running the corporate side of the company, which at its most simple will involve bringing uh, corporate clients on to purchase um, XY Pulse, but also asking the industry, hey, how do we, how do we create this product so that it makes it easier for you to solve to to develop your product, so that it solves advisor problems better. So, so it's a it's a market research in, in for the role to find out how best to develop product and then bring on as many clients as possible. And then we have a client services team attached to this person. So anyone that pays us any money, we have we have a team now that um, so XY plus members um, and also corporate uh, paying clients. And then uh, Roxy uh, is the chairman and he's a very, or Andrew Rox is the chairman. He's a very established, uh, a very experienced financial planner and also entrepreneur, certainly in his own right, had a very successful financial planning business, but is also attached to a handful of other um, successful projects as well in the tech and the, the finance um, arena. So he's, he's our, he's our chairman uh, and then I'm just the the schmuck that does all the uh, 
the annoying paperwork in between. So I'm the ones talking to the accountants and to the lawyers and to, you know, all, all, all the stuff that no one else wants to do essentially. So you're the glue that's trying to hold it all together. Yeah. Well, yeah, in, in, in some ways, um, in some ways, certainly pro- probably just more the, per- the beaver, the beaver in the middle trying to uh, uh, scurry it all together. Yeah, sure. We'll leave that one alone. <laughs> Well, mate, good to catch up today and, um, you know, chat about what's going to go going on with in 2021 with XY. Yeah. So I think um, I think the listeners here will be able to uh, get a fairly good understanding of what the, the year ahead is going to bring. Yeah, man. And look, um, everything I said at the start is genuine as well. Um, I think you know, as, part, as, as XY grows, I think working with you is a huge huge just such a huge amazing benefit to both xy but also you know uh, to the audience which is financial planners as well i think you do an amazing job i i've always said that i thought you did a really good job and so the the fact that someone who who's dedicated to their craft in this area um has the chance to to be the one hosting the conversations uh for this podcast and then leading the expansion around the world and with what else we um we take on in terms of what we do in this country, uh, you know, potential po- podcast partners that we might be bringing on uh, into the network. And then also um, as we expand beyond the podcast, you know, we've got some uh, opportunities that might be unfolding this year in terms of dealing with, I'd say more traditional audio and visual, you know, that maybe, maybe, it will, maybe there's a 60 minute style break off and, and, you know, like uh, that we, that our goal as as this whole arm of the company expands is to produce content that people want to consume so yes podcasts have an audience but it's not for everyone so how what else are we doing and uh and i think you know as time goes on and and uh and we've got the ability to to pull you more further and further in i think it's only just a it's a huge boon to the company and and uh so yeah mate thank you for being available i can i can listen to you um, you know, compliment me all day. I'm sure they'll cut that part out though. It went on a bit long. <laughs> but uh, no, the, 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 the getting into some um, actual journalism sounds really interesting too. So I'm looking forward to that. Totally. Totally. Yes. It, it's, I think 2021 is a huge year um, for everything. And ultimately a successful XY should lead to a better financial planning um, industry, both here in Australia and around the world. And so I'm super pumped. Fantastic. Let's leave it there. Cool, mate. All right. Take care. See ya.